Interesting as these questions come in, they're so diverse, and so I'm not not sure what everybody's thinking out there. But we, we're going to be on vastly different topics today. But uh, you know, coming from our background, we're, we're covering some things that were always kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, but before we get to that question, our first question was, uh, "What does the Bible really teach about where we come from?" And I can't really tell whoever asked that question if that's a loaded question or not. You know, what does it really teach, you know, about where we come from? Well, it just teaches it. There's no really to it. But uh, if you turn to Genesis chapter 1, and we won't do a whole Bible study on it, but essentially what Genesis 1 lays out is that uh, God uh, existed before this creation, but then God created the heavens and the earth. And the way I take the Bible is very, very literally. So if it says, you know, in verse 1, God created the heavens and the earth, then I, I just literally take that to mean God created the heavens and the earth. And then as you go on through that first chapter, you see that, that the evening and the morning were the first day and so on and so forth on every day. That word uh, day in the Hebrew is uh, yom, and that means literally it's a 24-hour day. And so I, again, just take that literally, and I say that the first chapter of Genesis, it says, one, that God created the heavens and the earth. Second, that each day of creation, the first six days, that he created various things, uh, including man, and on the seventh day he rested. So um, where did we really come from? Uh, we, came, we came from the mind and from the mouth of the Lord where he spoke us into existence. And uh, it says that he created uh, man. And, uh, and then, you know, of course, the story unfolds then from there that he sent Adam to name, you know, the animals and such and no uh, help meat was found for him. And I think God was just kind of showing him that there wasn't anything here that, that was a match for him. In other words, God always shows us our need before he gives us the answer. And then he caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam. And then from his side, he took a rib and he uh, uh, formed then woman from the rib. And so he created the woman uh, in that manner. And so, you know, that's the, the nitty gritties, but the, the short answer is that, that God created. And, you know, where did we come from? Well, well, you know, I know that question could be coming from that standpoint of evolution, because today there's, there's really only one popular theory, and I do call it a theory, uh, evolution is. It's unproven. No one was here to see it happen, and you can't prove it from scientific uh, you know, demonstration today. So it's a theory at best as, as to where we came from. And as the years have gone on, you know, and I'm 40 years old, I know 30 years ago, uh, we lived out in California and had the ability to be around, you know, like John Morris and all of those guys. Yeah, from Henry Inst Morris. Henry Morris back then, uh, Institute from Christian Research. 
and they lay out a bunch of, of, of just you know amazing scientific data proving you know number one you can't really prove creation because uh, it's hard to prove that something came from nothing and God spoke it that that's not really science that's more supernatural that we're, here we are but they disprove evolution and they also prove a young earth. And so the theories that abound out there today, and I'm good with any of it, um, the the longest that I see biblically the earth could be, as far as an age-wise, is about 12,000 years. That's the, the oldest theory that's somewhat plausible. The youngest plausible theory is 5,400 years, and that's based off of James uh, Usher's work in uh, Annals of World History, which he was a, uh, he wrote all that and looked back from uh, about eighty seventy back to the beginning, uh, going going backwards in time, l- using all sorts of literature and uh, documents, uh, historical documents, and the Bible to to create that. And it's a Jewish history, very interesting read, by the way. I've got a copy of it, and if I have nothing else to do, I actually enjoy just reading through that and getting the the history of the world. Um, but that's what we can prove. So, so you know, that's that's you know, my personal take is the Earth is somewhere around the six thousand year mark. That's that's just my personal take. Uh, no need to write me any emails if you disagree. But uh, well, I find it interesting. There's all kinds of things that they've discovered with uh, modern technology that uh, shows that this is, it's a young earth, uh, the salinity of the oceans. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you take it back, it can only go about 6,000 years, the depth of the dust on the moon. They uh, went there thinking this is going to be so deep, they wondered if they'd just completely sink in it. And and turns out only a few inches, and it turns out that that's about what would be there if it was 6,000 years old. And uh, so many things like that. Um, but uh, back to our original question of where did we come from, uh, there in, in Genesis 1, verse 26, uh, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Um... I agree with you. I take the Bible literally, and maybe I'm too simple, and maybe people would look at me and say, well, that's just an old man and his view. Well, I've, I'll agree. It's I'm old, and that is my view, but I think it's right. I think it's the right view. Jesus believed it, and Jesus believed it. That's good enough for me. Yeah, Jesus quoted uh, more from the first five books of the Bible, what we'd call the Torah, yeah. uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, than anything else in the Old mm-hmm. Testament. So he definitely put his stamp of approval on what Moses wrote for us and recorded. Yeah. Um, the other thing that really you know gets me with this question, and you know, I guess the years that I've just pastored and, and and just being a Christian really and, and trying to bring people along from being 
uh, you know, heathen in the world to loving God. And the big issue with, with people that want to commit suicide, they don't see that, you know, depression, anxiety, and all of that, is that they see that their life is worthless. And when you really dig into it, the reason most people feel worthless is because of their belief set that they came from, you know, goo or something. Oh. And or that nothing blew up and created something. I yeah. mean, that's about the dumbest theory that I've. Uh, <laughs> In the beginning, there was nothing, and it blew up. And it blew up. <laughs> so if if nothing blew up, and then here you are, and then I'm trying to tell you with Christian values that you're really worth something. Well, those two thoughts just they just don't go together in our minds. And, you know, when you look at a monkey and you think that's my relative, it it doesn't make you conjure up thoughts that God really loves me and uh, has a plan for me and I'm worth something to him. Because in the Bible, you know, it's just like John 3, 16, for God so loved the world and then he comes and he gives his only son. And you're thinking, well, why would he do that if basically I'm uh, an evolved amoeba? Yeah. Why? Why would he do that? And I say it's the only reason. You think this through. The only reason that God would say I am going to give up my son to die for them if is if we meant something to God. In other words, if we were His created, and He calls us later His adopted children. But uh, I believe that's in Galatians where He says we're mm-hmm. the adopted children of God. Well, how are you adopted children of God if you're an amoeba? Yeah. You're, in other words, you're his creation. And I can say this, you know, coming from, I mean, I'm a dad, uh, you know, and I can see my kids, which, you know, I procreated those kids, and there's a bond there. And I say, they're my kids. And so in the same way, God created us, and you just read that, in his likeness. In other words, we were made in his image. And then later he says, you know, that we would be the sons of God. In other words, we're adopted into his family. Jesus calls us brothers. Um, not that we're little gods or anything, but we're we're in his family. I don't think that happens if we're evolved amoebas. I mm-hmm. think it happens when he it's we're created. He, he loves us for that reason. And um, so... For all those reasons, when you when you take evolution and you toss it aside in the mind of someone who's super depressed and suicidal and all that, and all of a sudden they realize, I'm fixing to take the life, my life, which was given to me by God. And I am not evolved from goo. I'm, I'm created and God loves me. All of a sudden there's purpose in that life mm-hmm. and they can come to the Lord. So uh, the two thoughts, uh, really, they cannot intersect. Uh, if you're going to believe in God and you're going to believe that he came and died for you and that he's going to come back and you believe in the end times and the tribulation, you believe in all of that, but you can't believe in Genesis 1, um, then your walk with the Lord is going to be very rocky. And none of the rest of the Bible is going to make a lot of sense to you if you, if you don't accept Genesis 1 is the foundation. I, I tell that to everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I tell new believers, start studying in John because you get introduced to Jesus real fast. But if you're a seasoned believer, you really need to, to double back and you need to get the book of Genesis down because that tells you where you're from. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, that's that's my take on it. As I, well. I heartily agree. Well, it's one of these subjects, you know, if you want to know more, I know I taught through it. Um, I've got uh, one whole teaching on Genesis 1 and then another one that's just on evolution and creation and go through a lot of the sciences. It's on our website. You know, look it up. And also there on the website, there's uh, links that where you can go to uh, ICR, uh, Institute for Christian Research. Uh, Ken Ham is another one. Uh, what's his ministry called? Uh, can't recall it off the top of my head. Anyway, he's got an ARC up here. He just created that uh, whole museum and uh, life size. And he's real big into the creation research and the sciences. But look those guys up. Read through some of that stuff and, and, and you know get your faith uh, put together in these areas. And, and tell other people about it. Uh, we need more people that, uh, not, that don't just take what we say, but study these things out so that you know where you come from if you want to have a better understanding of what's going on in the world today with mankind with our climate uh, geography with these volcanoes earthquakes and those kind of things go back to genesis and you'll have a better understanding of what's happening today when you understand our past exactly i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more well, our second question that we have is, uh, does the Bible say anything about the right to bear arms? No. Uh, yeah. Now, and you said you wanted to stay away from controversy. Yeah, I know. Stay away from controversies. But, well, obviously, you know, guns weren't invented when Jesus was on the earth and when the, all the years that the Bible was written. Uh, so, so it's going to be hard to talk about guns in particular. I know what the Bible says, uh, you know, Jesus in Luke 22, uh, verses, uh, let's see, verse 36 and following, he's talking to his disciples right there and uh, sending them out uh, to go out and actually to do ministry, funny enough. And he says, uh, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. So in other words, take your money with you. And likewise, a knapsack. So, uh, you know, change of clothes, that sort of thing. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. So Jesus wanted him armed. For I say to you that uh, this which is written must still be accomplished in me. And he numbered, or and he was numbered with the transgressors. So he says, you guys are going to go out and do ministry. I've still got to go. I've I'm, I'm got an appointment with the cross that's coming. For the things concerning me have an end, he says. So they kind of skip verse 37. They, they double back to verse 36. So the disciples, they said, well, Lord, look, here are two swords. It's kind of funny to me. but And so he said to them, it is enough. So you got a couple swords amongst you. That's good enough. Uh, so, you know, why do I read that? Well, uh, because that's a, one place in Scripture where he says you're going to be going down the roads and all and, and you need to be armed. Of course, in the Jewish hillside, I know in that day, like if you go up around in the, like today it'd be the West Bank area, uh, but it would be the land of Samaria back then, that it was real uh, commonly known that there were a lot of robbers and things like that in those areas. And they would just uh, uh, waylay you on the side of the road. And so I know with them traveling in and through that area, uh, I think Jesus is just saying, 
go armed. And uh, so in that day, if you had swords, you were armed. Now, I think the reason this question came up isn't uh, necessarily that, but it is the doctrine that the church carries, a lot of people do, out of Matthew 5, uh, 39, where Jesus in his sermon there at the Beatitudes, um, he tells them uh, this. He says, you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you uh, not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone he wants to sue you, take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks uh, you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, don't turn away. Uh, and then he goes on from there talking about loving your enemies. Uh, he says, love them, bless those who curse you, uh, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. So we read that, and, and then you say, well, how do we marry that up to our right to bear arms? Well, um, the, the way I see this is that the, uh, the Lord obviously said, take swords with you, protect yourself. That's from physical harm that's being done. Typically in the ministry and even Jesus, he, uh, he didn't rise up and, and, you know, use a sword against anyone. He didn't, uh, rise up and, uh, you know, in, in a combative way, go, go to physical, uh, war while he was here but we also have to remember that jesus was here for a particular mission and that mission was to turn hearts to jesus christ and for him to to get his mission done which was to go to the cross but he said uh, that he's coming back himself in revelation and with a, a double-edged sword that comes out of his mouth and his coat's dipped in blood so if any of y'all ever saw Braveheart, the idea is somebody who goes through battle and they're just blood-drenched clothing because they've been uh, in a in a big bloody massacre. Uh, the the idea in Revelation is that he's coming back and uh, heads will roll. In other words, judgment's coming. And then if we look on the other side of the cross to the Old Testament, we see that there was justice served over and over again. So. You know, we can't be against the sword, which in our time would be to bear arms. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. You know, I grew up on a ranch and carrying a gun was uh, kind of a second nature thing. I mean, any uh, pickup on the ranch I got in, it always had a gun. And, uh, you know, I never I never really was big on hunting, Not certainly not against it. I just never did a lot of it myself, but a whole bunch of predator hunting. And, uh, you know, those predators, if they come in, coyotes and different uh, critters coming after your cattle, because that's what we did, you know, cattle ranching, um, I got quite handy with one. And, uh, you know, I can say uh, I, I certainly believe in the right to defend yourself. And uh, somebody come into my home to do uh, harm, uh, you know, to my family, I've I, 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 pity that guy because I'm a pretty good shot, but a couple of my kids are, are better than I am at this point. So, uh, you know, but we're in the country. That's, that's our background. And, you know, we have, we, we spend plenty of money and have on guns and ammunition. So I, I like it. 
Now, my biblical take on that, while I think everyone has a right to defend themselves, is that when you're sharing the Word of God with somebody and they come up against you to spitefully use you, they come up against you, uh, if you're a missionary overseas and you're arrested for the Lord's sake, you have to remember you're representing the Lord in those instances, and um, I believe you act accordingly. And uh, the Bible says don't worry about even what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit will give you the things to say in those times. So I think we're I think everybody's mixing the two instances together. Somebody come into your home, you have the right to bear arms. Our, our, our government gives us that right right now. And then I think the Bible backs that up to defend yourself. Second thing, if you're representing the Lord in ministry and somebody comes up, you know, words aren't going to hurt you. Somebody slaps you. Um, you have to remember uh, restraint if you're the armed one is always a good idea so that's my take what do you think well i agree uh, our right to defend our home our family our wives our children um, i think that's a god-given right uh, the right to bear arms as a soldier uh, you find that all through the Old Testament. Um, I think uh, I think there's justice in that. Um, I think to relinquish those rights here in America would mean that uh, we just give up all of our guns and give them all up to the government and they melt them all down. And when that happens the bad guys are still going to have guns. They'll get them illegally, and they will have them, and we won't. And it's uh, tragic what would happen under those circumstances. And right or wrong, um, I may have to answer to Jesus about it, but I think we as Christians have the right to have and to bear arms, and our Constitution gives us that right. Um our uh, Second Amendment uh, gives us that right. Uh, and it's intended to keep our government from just riding roughshod completely over us. Exactly. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where um, I would rather be you know, judged by the Lord than judged by a bunch of hooligans down here with guns. And yeah. that's really, you know, and again, it might just be our background. Others aren't comfortable with that, and that's fine. Um, but my opinion is you're, you've got a whole lot more uh, ability to be lenient in a situation if you're armed than if they're armed and you're not. So if a robber comes into my house, I have options if I have a gun. I can actually, and, and the thing is, guys, I've, I've been in, in several uh, armed standoffs, you know, yeah. just due to my work, uh, running into people back in the day out on the ranch. And uh, some of those were kind of what you would call nip and tuck. I mean, it was just uh, mm-hmm. uh, sweating my shirt out in, in the middle of it. But because I was armed, uh, I never shot anybody. And we always got out of the situation peaceably and usually ended up with the law out and them arrested. But, yeah, but, but because you were armed, you didn't get shot. Exactly. Yeah. So don't ever assume that just because people are armed or, you know, in biblical lingo, carrying a sword, that that means that, that you don't need to practice restraint and all of that. Um, 
you know, the thing that's wrong, I believe, too, in the world today is our movies. They tell us, and they, they in theatrics, uh, they point out these ridiculous gunfights and ridiculous uh, scenarios that would never happen in real life. And a lot of the young people are are unfortunately believing that that is what uh, guns are like, and it's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, people that actually own guns are some of the nicest and best people out there, and they're very conservative with their use. Uh, there is about half of 1% of the gun owners that are bad actors in the world. and uh, But it's always somebody with a gun that ends up answering the call when one of one of them go rogue. Yeah. So. Well, my dad served in the uh, military over in Europe and uh, had a chance to visit with some of the German folks in depth. And he asked them, what went wrong? What what happened that, that uh, all of this could come about this way? And they, to a T, all of them said, well, the very first thing they did way back was they came in and took all our firearms away. And when that happened, they started rounding up the Jews. They started killing anybody who was sympathetic toward a Jew. They, they started killing the Jews and killing uh, sympathizers. And, and we had nothing uh, by which to protect ourselves or defend ourselves. And, and they told him, so when you go back to your United States, make sure that you don't allow the government to take your arms. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's wisdom. So uh, I, I don't see the Bible telling us not to be armed, and I don't, tell, I don't see the Bible saying not to protect yourself. Yeah. Uh, but if, obviously live at, live at peace, if at all possible. That's right, live and, at peace. Uh, I, I am so thankful that I have never had to... Uh, now, I've been shot at, but I have never had to shoot at anyone. I've never had to kill anyone, never, never even shot at anyone. Now, like I say, I've been shot at, yeah. but uh, lots of restraint. Lots of restraint, and yeah. that's, it's called for every time. And uh, we could probably, due to our background coming from ranch and all of that, uh, it, there's we've got... A lot of gun stories, but we'll save those for another day. But suffice it to say, I would like uh, to talk about them one of these days. Well, we may have to. Somebody last something again, and we'll we'll come back around to it. (laughs) But uh, uh, anyway, we talk about a little bit of everything here. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can always go to our uh, website homepage, and uh, there's a link right there, and you can. Uh, submit your questions. We'd love to talk uh, about anything that you have and answer your Bible questions or life questions uh, here. Uh, of course, we always answer these questions with the Bible in front of us, and that's the perspective you'll always get uh, here. But again, really good conversation, and we're glad that you joined with us again. You can always listen to us, remember, on SoundCloud, Spotify, and on iTunes Podcast. And if you enjoyed our show today, And please rate us on iTunes because it does help more people to find our show. And we'll see you guys next time.